swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ores. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit a game in English, control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. You use it accordingly. Also, go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it, subscribe to it, read it, view it. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for you to your pleasure and hop on over to X. X, X, uh, X, X, Nick, fan, X. <laughs> hop on over there and uh, mention your boy Nick Van X and we'll love you forever. But yeah, go on over to X. My control issues is the handle. AMC, how you living? Ah, living well, living well, A dub. If- People don't know if they haven't been listening. Maybe they're new listeners. Um, we record out of sunny LA, and we are recording in a situation that isn't so sunny right now. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> getting getting all the rain right now. They were they're talking about that that hurricane was coming our way. <laughs> the California didn't get a hurricane. Something that like you never really hear about. We hear about like El Nino, like what, yeah. like years ago, like El Nino's coming. Who <laughs> knows what that means? I think that's uh, an annual thing, but now it's yeah. like, all right, the El Nino's going to sweep in. We're going to get some rain. Get some rain. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to replenish these, these aqueducts. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, so yeah, we've been getting a lot of rain, but it actually hasn't been as bad as at least that they were, that they were expecting. Cause it was for a second there, it was like doom and gloom. I know like yeah. at my, at my work, they're like, we need to get all this stuff done just in case we can't go to broadcast <laughs> on Monday. Jeez. So yeah, we were like working ahead as if LA was just going to be shut down. Um, but yeah, so far yeah, it's just a lot of rain. Dude posted at our at our establishment, unplugged everything. Oh yeah, just in case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't want to get a surge. Yeah, unplugged as much stuff as they could. Sent out the email like everything's unplugged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then wake up in the morning. It's like heavy rain for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, other than that, I've been good, been doing the damn thing, the usuals with Marissa, watching more Moana with the kids. I took off Monday and Tuesday just because we're about to hit that busy season. So I was like, I'm gonna make this a four day weekend. There um, we go. So yeah, enjoying that and watching uh, Moana all four days. <laughs> oh, I'll do it. well, I already watched it twice this morning. <laughs> it's, do it's you know it by heart now? Oh yeah, I know it all. I know the songs by heart. I know everything by heart. Me and Theo, we act out the scenes. Some yes. some days I'm I'm Taka, the other days I'm uh Tamatoa, you know, just depending on what mood he's in. Who Tomato? Yeah, t- yeah, tomato. Tamatoa, he's the the big crab. Um <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's whoever he wants to fight. I'm I'm the other character and I, I take the ass beating. But um mm-hmm. I, I go down in victory, or at least I, I fight as if I'm going down in victory. But yeah, other than that, things have been great. How about yourself, A-Dub? How's your week been? Uh, not too bad. 
you know, was a little lazy, but I'm still putting in my work wherever I can because I got, I got to get my summer body back. And yeah, man, I was, I didn't know what to think of all these hurricane warnings and everything, but now it's looking like, I guess we're not going to get too much of it. It is nice to get the rain. I love the rain. A uh, little fun thing I just discovered is that since it's still hot, despite it raining, I have the AC on and the whole apartment just smells like just rainfall. And I'm like, ah, this is the best. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's a trick I might be utilizing in the future when the, when the real rainy months come. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. And let me see. Saw my little nephew's last basketball game yesterday. Hell yeah. So that was cool. Got to be there with the family, talking shit, talking basketball shit, <laughs> talking shit to little kids. <laughs> <laughs> when they get to like you know not yelling at the kids like i'm not the drunk the drunk adult at the kids game <laughs> drunk uncle at the game <laughs> you know, <Not> a, <laughs> even though i did have a drink before I went to the game. all right all right all right walk around in sweatpants <laughs> oh, <learn today. laughs> nah. I thought it all wore sweatpants. My brother wore sweatpants, so he's yeah. the crazy uncle. My mother was sense some, some denim on. Uh, yeah, man, did that, and, and you know, like when when the little kids at the foul line of, of the opposing team, they take the most ridiculous shot ever. It's like, yeah, that was going in. I wasn't feeling that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just it's that classic sports talk bullshit. I loved it. It was nice to be with the family doing that for a change, but just you know, for, for a fun reason. I mean, I wish my nephew seemed like he enjoyed it more. He he's still kind of weird with with like managing his his temper. So sometimes he'll he'll like fall down or somebody will steal the ball, and you you see that fist start balling up. You see that defense like <laughs> <laughs> the arch rivals. <laughs> exactly. You go like it's it's always just one more animation away from just being a straight right hook to the face. <laughs> Still that ball for me, mama. That's what you thought it was. <laughs> um, no, but it was a good time. He got his trophy. They they lost like fourteen to one. <laughs> in one of those games yeah. and yeah it was a good time uh, stayed in I uh, got you know one of my plants didn't make it oddly enough it was the plant I had gotten most recently that didn't survive while the plant that I first got is in a much diminished state but it's still holding strong it's not lost its color it's not lost its grip on the soil so for some reason that one's staying alive I'm doing my best I switched to watering every 10 days instead of every 14. Right. Maybe the soil got too dry. But I have my snake plant, which I have moved to the living room. And after a few waterings a few days ago, I noticed that there's a little a little sprout. There's another little ah. another little snake plant coming. So you know I'm, I'm expecting. <laughs> I haven't thought of a name yet. But you know, gonna stick with a snake theme name. I mean my uh, my snake plant is named Addie. Because an adder is a kind of snake, and Addy is short for adder. So, and got to come up with a snake name for the little baby. So I'll probably take it to the, probably take it to the nursery, get them repotted in separate plants, so I can I can focus on the kid, and then keep the big one growing and doing whatever fuck plants do, which is just live and make our lives better and healthier. So yeah, man, 
that's about it for me. Well, hey, Dub, I know we just talking about life, but what you've been gaming on. I know we got some new stuff. We got some oh, audio. Mm. I don't recall if I talked about it last week. No, I wouldn't have talked about it last week because it came out on the 15th. So this week, I've been playing something a little new. You know, I'm still getting touches of Diablo in there. I, I got on today and did, got a Paragon point, finished off my last Renown reward. In my in my seasonal character, I got to level seventy six. So yeah, just nicking and scratching away at that. It's always nice to just pick it up, smash on some hordes, get a little bit more powerful, maybe get a new piece of equipment or something. Change will build up a little bit, push those nightmare dungeons a little higher. Try to get hold out hope for one of those rare Uber drops, and no, it's never gonna happen. But yeah, play some of that. Uh, got a little bit of Overwatch in each single. Is just having a blast. Um, somebody's not having a blast with that siren in the back, but yeah, he's he's on. I woke up at six a.m. He's already on Overwatch too, and I was like, he he better not send me in, because <laughs> I'm getting off some every space too. I got to get through that. I'm trying to push the story along, and that's the new game I'm playing, which is every space <laughs> <Yes>. too. <laughs> that's the new one, and yeah. So I, I've been going through a lot of games. Really, it's all just biding my time until Starfield comes out. You know, we got Armor Core and Sea of Stars next week. But yeah, I've been digging heavily into Everspace 2. I greatly enjoyed the original. So now I get to play part two, backed it on Kickstarter. It was supposed to come out like maybe a year or two ago. But it's finally out now. It was it's in running great. Early access, regular developer <laughs> updates. And like every time they would update, it's like, all right, we we were doing something with the game and then we realized we could do something more. So we're adding to it. <laughs> it, was, it every update, we're adding to Yeah, man. The game, it, game looked like it ran smooth. So yeah, I would say whatever they did, they it, it played out positively. But keep going. They, they're hitting it out the park, man. It's yeah. It took me a while to get get used to the controls again. I knew that was going to be a big hurdle, but now that I'm, I've been handling these ships for a while, it's I'm spinning around, turning and barrel rolling, navigating in tight spaces at high speeds. I'm just having a blast with it. It just feels so nice to be back in that system. Absolutely loving the combat story solid so far. I like the, the difference when they go into the, the out of the ship stuff. It's in these kind of animated, I don't want to say stop motion because that's not what it is, but it's like, you know, like a like a visual novel kind of cutscene where the image is like moving a little bit along with the dialogue, just enough to give you an idea of what's going on in a given scene. But yeah, it's great voice acting, bringing back classic characters, carrying on the story of the original. It takes some hints from Rebel Galaxy because now instead of you proceeding through stages in a roguelike fashion you're in sort of an open world or open space kind of style game where you know you use the jump gates to get between star systems and then from there you use your jump drives to get between locations within a given star system and then you go into those it opens up into these wide open spaces that just have so many things for you to explore and interact with and discover. Uh, um, the way I'm seeing it is like each location can be 100%ed. 
And there are a lot of locations that I've been to scoured top to bottom that I'm not 100% in. I, I had puzzles in the game that I haven't figured out solutions to. You know, there's still a whole other tier of loot I haven't gotten access to. I'm really liking the tiered loot, the crafting system, the perk system. Like the perks, you don't just earn perks for leveling up. I mean, there are those. And it's Everspace 2 does it in a pretty interesting fashion that I like. Like every five levels, you get access to a group of three perks and you pick one. You can choose one of the three. But it's not like you choose that and it locks you out of the other two. It's like you can you can change up your perks according to how you want to play the game. So you just have that block. And if you want to play a little differently, like okay, let me move this round and this and this one. But then in addition, you also get perks from your companions. And the way those work is you have to invest in your in your companions in order to get their perks. So one of them might have four different perks. And it's like, okay, so this was like 5,000 credits, some some Hadron filters, uh, some, some Insidium crystals, and a missile launcher. <laughs> and then you get, get the perk. And then the, some of the perks also have levels. So as you're investing in them, every level you unlock, then there's just a higher requirement of different resources and such. Like right now, I, I just finished upgrading one of the homies, his perk is that he'll randomly come into battle and help me. And then the next level of that was, all right, and now he'll have this better weapon. So I had to get a weapon and give him some cash and I got our ship. Then the last one was, oh, now he's got EMP missiles. So I had to get some EMP missiles, some cash, put it on. He's showing up, just shutting everybody down. Ships stop moving. He's blasting them out the sky. Like I'm looking for threats that I'm usually that are usually there. Like, I'll turn and something's just exploding. It's like, ah, I got you. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's handling business. So, I'm enjoying the game. It's got side missions. It's got, like, a black market. There are high-risk areas you could go into for a chance at higher-quality loot. And I, I could go on. But there's a lot of content there. It's all beautifully rendered. Like, it's a, it's a very good case for a if you wanted to do a Star Wars game in that fashion where you're just the ship flying around all the iconic locations because there's just so much depth and detail in everything that they put together for the game that these locations feel real. They feel like they serve their function. It feels like, you know, they hold secrets. They have mysteries. And one, one minute you're blowing up crystals and mining get resources from one rock and you see an icon for a box you go over there and it's like oh but it's in a secure box so i gotta find the switch I gotta take down the stealth generator and then i gotta figure out this button puzzle it's, it it has a very good way of keeping you engaged and although it's throwing the same stuff at you all the time it shuffles the deck enough with the variations of that stuff and like when you encounter it how it's structured that it's just it's continuing to be fresh. I put a few dozen hours in it at this point in time, and it's really I just look forward to playing it. I look forward to playing a lot of it, and I'm looking forward to playing it after the show. So that's where I am these days. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing some games, Adub. Um, 
the one that I've always been playing that I've been playing for a while now, just putting in more and more work in that being Stardew Valley at the point mm-hmm. we're just working on perfectionists, which is crafting everything, foraging everything, uh, harvesting everything, uh, building up all the relationships with every character. So seeing all the cutscenes with every character NPC. Um, yeah, it's just so much. Uh, and it's awesome just because we get to just enjoy the game now at this point. Like we're just figuring out how to expand our farm. What are the most um, cost effective, um, I guess, uh, produce like goods to sow and then harvest um, for the price? And yeah, and also as far as like times, because some take a lot longer. So we're, we're really like focusing on those crops as of right now, while also getting the other crops that are necessary in order to cook. So we're trying to make sure that we have enough of each um, for the uh, the meals that we haven't made yet. So we're getting that going. I'm also up in the mind. I've figured out how to craft what I'm assuming is now the most powerful weapon in the game. It was uh, I had a I had a galaxy hammer. Through that, I was able to, I, so I got the forging station. I took the galaxy hammer there. I learned that if I um, put in these things that are called galaxy souls, which are items that I didn't get until late, late in the game. If I get three of them, I use that, forge the hammer three times, then it becomes the infinity hammer. And what? with that, it becomes the most powerful melee weapon in the game. I guess there's a slingshot that's even stronger, which I have, but the slingshot doesn't shoot nearly fast enough. So it's more of a, you get off one attack, enemies come in, then you got to switch up to melee. And so I got the hammer, but the hammer is a little bit slower than the infinity sword. But then what I learned is that even after I forge the galaxy souls into the hammer, then I can also still forge the gems with their benefits. And one of the gems has the benefit of increasing the speed of the hammer. So now I got that, that 7x speed on the infinity hammer. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I was expecting like three yeah four it, to both. <laughs> yeah so it's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it has that knockback um and then so yeah i i upgraded that and then i learned that i could take a prismatic shard and enchant the hammer um and that gives you one of like i think like eight different possible enchantments i got the enchantment i wanted which is vampiric so now I'm getting that I'm getting that leech health every time I land an attack. Right. So, uh, so basically I'm just unstoppable with this hammer. So now I can go into the the tougher mines, get the tougher resources, and um really start to then use that to then craft the uh, the items that we that we're unable to get to right now because we need the radioactive ore and things like that that are in the uh, the crazy mines. So now that I got that, I'm gonna go in this week, handle that business. Marissa's focusing on the uh the farm also she's been getting a little into the the design aspect of the farm and like seeing what stuff she has in a catalog to put around you know like benches and things on the lamps to really get the lighting going get that mood right is it presented in catalog format um the the catalog is basically just it's a bunch of items so it looks like the regular in-game stores that you would go to if you went to any merchant but with this, you can just select any item without having to purchase it and just create it automatically. So that's that's how it's presented. Um, and yeah, so we we have we had to spend I think about like three hundred thousand to get that. But once we got that, then we had access to everything, and we can make it as often as we want. Which means that if you make something don't like it, you just trash that shit, start mm-hmm. all over again, get a new thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's awesome. We're loving that. We're on year five, um, and it's just like everything. Is, we know everything. We see everything coming at this point, and now it's just like the 
yeah, it's just completionist. It's just doing that perfectionist route. So enjoying that. But the the big thing that I played this week that I've been waiting to play for a while now. It had been a month since I last saw at least the last time I popped a trophy was over a month ago. And I'm assuming that was the last time I played the game. And that being Diablo 4, 4, yes. 4. And the big thing there was a dub hopped in the session. That's right. So we recorded last week on a Saturday. We talked about it. Uh, Marissa was going to be going to a birthday party with the kids on Sunday morning, which provided an opportunity for your boy to play some Diablo 4. And uh, I mentioned that to A-Dub. A-Dub said, hit me up if you're on. Maybe maybe I'll hop into the match. Um, let him know I was on. A-Dub was already on. So he was he was already getting that work in. And um, he he hops in. We, we do that. He, he jumps into... Well, if I had to send the invite. He jumps into the match. Then we had that... that that minute when we're like, all right, how we get this this chat going? Get the chat going. The next thing you know, yeah. we're like, ah, <laughs> like just like the excitement kicks in, and yeah, it's it's great. They've made Diablo possible in a way that like feels like we're still doing couch co op. Like the last time we played Diablo is Diablo three in my studio apartment um, before I had even met Marissa, and just a lot of late nights of just running running riffs and and handling business and maxing out characters maxing out hardcore characters and it was absolutely awesome so i was curious to see what the experience would be like from you know an online perspective not having a dub right there but you know ps4 we now have the the controllers with the microphones and the speakers and you know we just immediately start communicating and it's just we're off and running dub breaks out he, he joins the match with his rogue because that's closer in level uh what was were you, you were at like around like 40 50 at the time i'm 47 47, 47, yeah. 46, yeah, 47. Maybe. I think I leveled up to 47. Breaking, Breaking out the ultimate. I'm seeing, I'm just in the middle of the match, just seeing a rain of arrows, just clearing out enemies on the map. I'm like, I what love is, it so much. Yeah, and I'm like, what is this attack the enemy's throwing at us? You're like, nah, that's my ultimate. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, um, absolutely loving what I'm seeing from the rogues. This is like, this is my first like sight of the rogue. I haven't seen anybody play with this character yet, don't really know the moves and things like that um so yeah it was awesome seeing that while i'm playing with my necromancer and it was the perfect time for aw to jump in with the necromancer because i'm still very early on in the game um <laughs> and with that uh in that run alone i had unlocked i unlocked the ultimate i unlocked my golem with the necromancer and just pushed a couple levels forward did some quests did some main campaign quests did some side quests um helped out um some lady that was around town with her I think it was her husband <laughs> and uh i love those those missions just where it's like my my spouse is losing her mind so i locked him in the basement can you go talk yeah. to them <laughs> it's just <laughs> and then the twist <laughs> yeah and then and there's always some type of demon some type of demon dickin that was going on yeah yeah um and yeah and it's always great so we figured that out because there were some issues with like all right i go into it but a dub has to like you have to use a waypoint to get to me like you can't just go right into the dungeon uh, with me but we were able to figure that out and um yeah and so it was great to just like unlock all those things while we're playing together because especially with the golem like there's a couple of things where i'm like trying to remember how to play the game and it's great to you know be on there with somebody who's already played the shit out of it so i'm like wait how do i do this how do i get this golem it's like all right let's look this up real quick oh you gotta move them. you gotta get the skills you gotta get the abilities set up all right it's one in ability so you gotta get rid of something so with that i had to get rid of my curse ability 
Uh, and because of that, I was like, all right, well, I got all these specs into it because, you know, you got the main curse and then you got the, you know, you got the subtree of all the added on like uh, perks with that, with that ability. Um, so I wanted to get all those points back. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we, we did a little bit, we played and it was absolutely awesome. Deb also brought out the, uh, the black, the black clothed sorceress <laughs> just to see what that was like. And just one shotting everything on the map. <laughs> like it was yeah, absolutely I, I didn't think it through that. It wouldn't be very demonstrative of her power to bring her into like <laughs> world tier two. Yeah, it was great though. I was still getting experience. I was still leveling up, and so that's all that really mattered to me. But yeah, eventually you're like, I got to go back to the rogue. Brought her back into the match, and yeah, we just we did the damn thing, and I got to experience Diablo Four multiplayer. You know, the, I, the ideal situation was I wanted to complete the campaign so we can just get into that what nightmare mode and start start handling that business but at this rate it wasn't going to get there in a you know in a timely manner and so this was even better because you know i got to really see somebody who was powered up but then join my match and still like be able to enjoy it in a way where it just didn't seem like oh this is cheap until you brought in the sorcerers but the, the rogue i still feel like there are some challenges i died one time so there, there's still some challenge there um and yeah it was absolutely awesome did some did some events out in the map a dub, right. a dub pointed out an altar or two got a waypoint set up for me to uh you know like one of those um you know the the teleport waypoints so then i was able to get close to the the campaign um for act one or whoever i need to talk to i think it was like vigo or somebody vigo. yeah vigo mortensen yeah vigo <laughs> yeah or that the Vigo from Ghostbusters too. Yes, that, it's that, Vigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Vigo. Uh, it was such a hard day when I heard it back then too. It was like, Vigo, damn. Yeah, so it, it was That's awesome. Ability. And I can't wait for eventually because I know you're saying that you're you're playing with the rogue, you're enjoying the rogue. But I can't wait to see you know like a dub just bust out that druid or something, <laughs> and then really see. But that see what that that wear that well not wear bear you want you want the thunder but yeah nature yeah, sure match yeah 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 lightning earth <laughs> yeah um and so yeah it'll be it'll be great to see if you decide to run with some other character too down the line to see what that's like but had had a great time playing with uh with the homie got in another session on Friday um so yeah I had to figure out how to respec and that's what I did on Friday I, I was able to once I learned that I didn't have to refund everything I just had to go to the most recent start from the bottom of my most recent abilities and unspec all those until i got to the ability that i didn't want anymore mm -hmm. got that out of there then i was able to basically i put those points into powering up my minions and then i was able to get my ultimate back got my golem all that stuff and yeah was out in the world doing the damn thing pushing forward with the the um you know the main questing and then um, I want to get that mount. I saw A Dub's horse, and I was getting jealous. Yeah, I was getting, yeah, yeah. I was getting FOMO. <laughs> I had to, I had to floss on you real quick. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, oh, that's what that looks like. Oh, your boys from a little bit of FOMO over here, but um, that was all right. Um, just gave me a little incentive to push a little forward in the campaign. Where, where do I get it? Is it like an Act Two A Dub? You can, you can let me. Do know. Do you really want to know? Yeah, you can let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of a spoiler. Oh, is it? All right, then don't let me know. <laughs> Do I do it? Is it something that happens naturally by playing the main quest, or do I actually yeah. need to like? Okay, All right. yeah. At some point in the main quest, it's just you. You probably have an idea of how many X the game has, and yeah. And it was cool too. Like, um, I think while we were playing, yeah, that was yeah. Because that's how I got the golem. I got to see for the first time that there were actually you know necromancer 
focused like missions and that was basically i had to do like some some skill test uh testing of my aptitude as a necromancer in order to then get the golem and so it was great going through that we did that together and so i'm i'm curious because i'm guessing every class has a version of that like the rogue and the sorceress yeah, yeah so yeah that- for most of the other classes it's like well for all the classes it's at level 15 you get okay. your whatever your your class skill is you get that mission to go unlock it and get introduced to it but i think the necromancer has it at 15 and at 25 oh okay and that might be the only character with that but the thing is like with the druid i had the mission to unlock it and then there was like follow-up stuff i had to do well it was because the way the druids work it's they're called boons and basically what it is is that each animal spirit that the druids like work with or cooperate with in their druidic doings and goings on. They, so I have this list, it has each of those four and each of those has four different perks I can choose from. Mm. And I can choose one perk from each of them. So I got four, four additional things working to my benefit. And then if I, when I finish investing in all of them, then I can choose one that's like that's like my bestie. And then I can get two perks from that one with one yeah. from the other ones. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of that, but okay? all that additional power. Like with the sorceress, what it was was I just did a mission. It's like, okay, you got enchantments now. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then like with the rogue, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, you got to go in this dungeon and find this thing. And if you go with me, then you might learn something along the way. And you do the mission, and all right, now I got my. Uh, I think the rogue was the rogue three different missions for each one, or was it I unlocked those in my level? I don't know specifically. But I don't know. Everybody's thing is a little bit different, so it's it's very cool to see that. Yeah, and then you said uh, the next. The next thing after that is the the hero passives or something. That's like the final thing. Outside oh, the, the, the key passives at the end yeah. of the skill tree. Yeah. And so the key passives. Yeah, that's uh, I haven't checked out any of that because I was just looking so looking forward to the golem. So I'm very curious because you said that that just takes you to another level with the key with that. So yeah, that kind of like it finishes off the bulk of your build where it's like okay, now all this stuff that I put together, let me put this thing on top of it, and now it's just it's just a machine now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the key, the key passive that I'm running with for the druid, what it does is that for every storm skill I I, I cast, there's a 30% chance it casts an earth skill within the same the same families. So if I'm using a core Doubling skill. Doubling up like, those jutsus? Exactly. Doubling up the jutsus. So what that allows me to do is that. I'm running all lightning spells except for like my earthen bulwark because I need that for defense. But all my attack spells are lightning. So I'm casting those all the time. Everything's storm magic, all that. Casting that all the time. And every now and then, like a spike of rock will shoot up from the ground or like plates of the ground will smack together and crush enemies between them. So it's like I have earth and lightning magic working at the same time. And that allows me to then take skill points and put them in the earth magic spells to make those more powerful and then just 
like you can approach your power from two different ways and you can you can double up on effects because now it's not all about me giving all the aspects and things just for my my storm magic i can also implement earth magic spells so i cast the lightning spell it automatically casts the earth spell and then because it does that there are effects that it's just this cyclical thing where like this happens this happens then because that happened this happens and that lets me do this oh, damn. i love it i love it <laughs> it's so good yeah i can't wait so, yeah i um, love making those feedback loops of like damage and support it's yeah, so I'm gonna yeah, I gotta look ahead at that because I'm I'm curious to see because I wanna I definitely want to round out my build right now. Um and I'll I'll be interested to see how that just like you know creates a little more synergy between all my my skills. But I'm I'm absolutely loving the necromancer, I'm loving Diablo 4. Can't wait to play more of it. I think I'm gonna get in a session on Tuesday, depending on Yeah, I think the kids are they have a doctor's appointment and then Theo's getting a haircut. So Marissa's like you know, there's going to be a pocket of time in there if you want to get some Diablo. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I'm excited. I am excited. Number one. Like, I'll let you, let you no know. wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we will get into these topics of the week. Of the week. And we are back. And let's get into this topic of the week. Top, 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 topic of the, the week. week. A.W., you, you, you want to lead off? I'll, I'll lead off slow, just, just mm-hmm. put the tip in. Uh, we start off with some some 505 games news, some Remedy news, mm-hmm. some Alan Aiken news. Mm-hmm. We got a delay, MC. Yeah. <laughs> I know normally where these, these things can be pretty bad, but this one, not so much, because Alan Wake 2 has been delayed 10 days. And the reason for that is to avoid clashing with October's big releases. <laughs> I don't know. There'd be people be trolling like that. But yeah, uh, let me get the quote. See, uh, in a statement from Remedy, they said, October is an amazing month for game launches, and we hope this date shift gives more space for everyone to enjoy their favorite games. So in October, we got Alan Wake 2, we got Spider-Man 2, and we have Forza Motorsport. What else is coming out in October? I think. Oh, um, ho, ho. I, I uh, see the Mario, list <laughs> Mario Wonder is coming Mario out. Mario Wonder is coming out. Same Everything day. Same day yeah. Same days as Spider Man. <laughs> Damn, Sony and Nintendo fans. E. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's going to be an insane month. Um, yeah, so it's coming out. When is it now coming out? Uh, Alan Wake 2? Alan Wake 2, they pushed it two days. Why am I using a mouse when my laptop doesn't correspond to that? It will launch on October 27th. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of fitting. It's a game that like fits that Halloween launch period. Just put it out on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll see more sales than you ever anticipated. Oh, Alan Wake 2, well, Halloween game. Get drunk with my costume on. Yeah. <laughs> my sexy nurse up you know? shoot i'm i'm gonna do my best to try to find some kind of space suit or some kind of space oriented costume i gotta gotta show my starfield love uh are you gonna are you gonna wear the watch you got you got damn right i'm gonna yeah, wear the watch yeah. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> hell yeah probably get mugged no big deal <laughs> 
you got that new new. Like, people don't even know what it is, but they're like, like I know that watch is expensive. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Halloween's gonna be good this year. Oh, that's good. That's but good. yeah, Alan Alan Wake delayed closer to Halloween, so at least they got it almost there. Yeah, smart move. Big games. People do need the time to enjoy them. Super Mario Wonder is juggernaut. Sonic Superstars, Assassin's Creed, Mirage. Damn, I didn't know about. Yeah, October is insane, and it's just that's crowded. I didn't even know October was stacked like that. Yeah, and it's crazy because we have all those heavy hitters, and then Call of Duty comes out in November, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) We're just all we'll all just cram into October rather than taking the chance." And then you know. Based off of last year, um, you know, with the 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 commercial opposite of success, the, the commercial failure. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a commercial failure, but you know, it just didn't meet the standards. That being uh what was it a uh, Marvel right. Mid- Midnight oh. Suns? And one yeah. of the comments uh after the fact was like, Yeah, we should have really thought about that December <laughs> launch <laughs> and probably uh probably pushed it. Um, because that December time is like I just like a killer for some games. Even mm-hmm. though like I think Kingdom Hearts came out in December, but I guess you gotta be Kingdom Hearts. It's Kingdom to, Hearts though. Yeah, you gotta be Kingdom Hearts to come out around that time. So yeah, the the goal is to come out before that November mark, because that's call it that's always Call of Duty unless Rockstar has a game, then that's Rockstar's time. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, everything said basically we're coming out in October because that's our only option. Even Rockstar has been doing like September, April, October. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any? Uh, is this a game that you planned on getting day one? Oh, uh, absolutely. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad I have more time to go through the Alan Wake remaster. Like, I have it installed. It's ready to go. Just, I've been eating this month. <laughs> I'm going to be, and I'm going to just be eating just my one plate next month when Starfield comes out. Because I'm going to be dumping. Like, that's, it's going to be Diablo 4 levels of time. I would have put probably 250, 300 hours into that game by October 1st. <laughs> I guarantee you. But yeah, it's, I have more time. You know, October really wasn't that crowded for me, despite all these excellent games that will be coming out in that time period. The only two I was looking at was Alan Wake and Forza Motorsport. So that's more time to get into Forza. That's more time to run as much Starfield out of my bloodstream as I can so I can start to get back to normal. And it puts Alan Wake in a good position. I won't be jumping off Spider-Man 2. So the end of October and the end of the year, that could be all Alan Wake 2 time. Man, I'm, I'm pumped for it because I'm getting into a new franchise. It ties into one of my favorite franchises. I'm going to get more information. I'm going to be looking at it like an investigator. Taking notes, <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, go going. You saw the gameplay, right? Where, where the FBI character Saga, she, she looks at her like you know in in cop shows they make the board with the yarn and the pictures and the notes and everything, trying to connect the dots. Yeah, the physically connect the, the dots. The conspiracy wall. <laughs> yeah, so they got a conspiracy wall, and and like you look at that, and it looks. If I remember correctly, the information changes as you evaluate things that you've gotten more information about. And then if you need to get information about something, you select it and that takes you into that thing. I don't know. I hope they do something cool with that whole aspect of the game. 
I'm still going to enjoy it either way. But that that would be awesome if they really fleshed out that system. So I'm looking forward to that with Alpha 2. Looking forward to other October releases. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on the reception for Super Mario Brothers Wonder, especially to know what Elephant Mario is all about because we saw him. We saw him do a little something, but I need to know how to taste. Yeah, I got to say. Is he going to be shooting water? Are they, are they sneaking sunshine mechanics back in here? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, another one, you know, I'll just throw, that, throw this in with uh, with your topic of the week. Um, so there's more jockeying going around, this one being Assassin's Creed Mirage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got well, we got word that one, the game has gone gold, so that game is good to go. But then on top of that, they decided because the Ubisoft decided because the game has already gone gold, why not release it a little earlier, you know, to what? avoid to avoid the cramming, which is uh, October. So they were initially, okay, so Assassin's Creed Mirage will now be released on October 5th, which is a week ahead of its original October 12th release date. So they were originally launching in the middle of October. Now they're pushing They were up. launching in the same week as Alan Wake 2, and those games moved as far away from each other in opposite directions (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah so ubisoft announced on monday so yeah they were originally launching on the 12th now it'll be on the 5th so it'll be a little bit earlier in the month um i'm assuming from having five days between them to having three weeks between them yeah and i think it's all because (laughs) spider-man and mario are right in the middle so they're basically just like all right so we got to take the the two other ends you have that in well i'll have this in and we'll call it a day do you think they got on a phone call and hashed that out yeah that colluded yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right how are we gonna do this so we can both win here yeah a, 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 was it eves germont <laughs> yeah I, I need to know when you're, you're releasing you talking to sam lake <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're both in suits yeah sam lake always wears <laughs> yeah um yeah so yeah, it's going to come out a little bit earlier. So this is interesting because it's not often that we get a earlier release date. But as we mentioned, you got Spider-Man, you got Mario. So so people need to clear out, make a little bit of room. And you don't want to you know, bleed into November where Call of Duty is sitting right there to, to shark your ass. So makes makes sense. Um, and we'll see how these games do. But it, it'll be awesome because... There was there was a period at least last year where people were just complaining week on week that there's just not enough games coming out for this generation. When does the console generation truly start? And now we're gonna hit a month where every week a game, a heavy hitter, triple A title is gonna be coming out uh in October. So it'll be it'll be fun because these are my favorite times in gaming when there's just a bunch of games coming out because there's not enough time to sit there and digest and try to figure out what doesn't taste good about a game. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then just spend weeks on end talking about that thing. Um, this every- is why it isn't perfect. Yeah, exactly. And so Assassin's Creed will come out. If people have issues with it, they can just move right on to the next game. We're not going to get like three straight weeks of Assassin's Creed, you know, just hate <laughs> and negativity um so it'll be nice uh when that time comes and it's just going to all lead to a a very you know spirited (laughs) debate between game of the year because it's it's gonna be insane and i mean just going based off of dubs like his his tracker of like what games have been his game of the year i could just see it going up and down just like oh this game is is gaining traction now this game is going down oh this game is doing great and then to see what things people you know 
decide to grab onto as far as why a game can or can be game of the year. It'll be interesting to see how those things show up. So it's gonna be a fun year. But um I'm I'm happy because when you see developers moving their games around, you know that there is just a stacked lineup of heavy hitters and people want their time to shine. So it's great. It's great. I'm, I'm liking it. A stripped down Assassin's Creed can't be game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario and Spider-Man are like those dudes who show up to parties and they bring like booze and a bunch of food. And then they look at everybody like, all right, what are you guys going to do? <laughs> everybody got their cups, but they ain't shit. Ain't shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Man. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, so we can move right into the next topic, topic of the week. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. All right. We got, you know what? You mentioned uh, Alan Wake. Um, let's, let's, this is Alan Wake adjacent a dub. Oh. So this is uh, an update to Jeff Kelly's, um Damn, I didn't write it down, but I think it's one night. It's O and L. I think is it one night live. Whatever. This is going to be at um, a video games conference. So speaking, okay. speak. This is Gamescom. So Jeff Keeley speaking to VGC. Oh, opening of, night live. Opening night live. There we go. So speaking to VGC ahead of the August twenty second event. The host and producer said that viewers should expect mostly updates to announce games planned to release over the next 12 months. Uh, It's going to be an exciting show with new looks at many announced upcoming games like Alan Wake 2 and Black Myth Wukong, Keely said. This year's ONL is less about announcing brand new projects and more about Mm -hmm. giving fans updates on some of the biggest games due out over the next year. Yeah, you should have told me about that in the pre-show, so I could have got trolled a week. <laughs> why? Why is he wasting our time? We just Nothing know about new figures, wouldn't you? <laughs> so yeah, oh, um, so we so pre-show we got a little bit of um, early hands-on preview from IGN with Black Myth Wukong. Yes. I know you're just talking about Alan Wake too, so. Is there anything more that you would like to see in those two games or anything else that you would expect to see at this opening night live, knowing that there's not going to be, you know, a lot of new projects announced? Uh, take it anywhere you want with that discussion. Aiden. Well, I mean, if they're going to give us updates on projects that have been announced, I would like to see updates on announced projects that have been quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like you're showing me something new, even though it's something that I know of. But like they're like games like Pragmatic. Why haven't we seen any more about that? I know that they what did it get delayed? Something went down with that game. There was an announcement recently, but yeah, I would it, show me something. Just give me a vertical slice. I'll give it yeah. down. Um, How about Black Myth Wukong? We saw a little bit of that hands-on preview. Is there anything that you still need to see from that game? Nah, I've seen so much like before. It was on Unreal 5 and after it was on Unreal 5. When it was a, when it was a tech demo. <laughs> oh, it was Vaporware. <laughs> no, but the, the developers of that game have shown off a great deal of it. I've seen enough of it to know what it is, what it looks like, what really to expect. I, I'm i giving that game the room to really show me what it holds on its own rather than digging through every piece of media I can find spoiling the surprise for myself so yeah they they did a good job there what was the other game uh alan wake 2 which we know is coming in october i'm 
Honestly, I feel like I've seen enough for Alan Wake 2. They haven't even shown a lot, but it, it looks phenomenal. I like the premise. I like that there's going to be this dual protagonist thing going on. Like The stuff they showed was powerful and to the point. There was a lot of information in a short amount of footage. And developers can get away with that stuff. Like the Starfield Direct, I think that was almost an hour of Starfield. And, you know, it was back and forth between them talking about the game and showing the game. But in each scene, there's just so much information you can draw out that that's what, that's what gives a presentation depth and allows you the freedom to not show so much of your game. Basically, you have to show a lot of the structure, but not of the content, if, if you catch my drift. But AMC, what about yourself? Um, so yeah, I mean, Black Myth Wukong, if I really wanted to see something, we've seen, I've seen enough of the action to know the action is going to be stellar in that game. Yeah. Um, more and more, I would like to see, I guess, like what the in-between that is going to be like, like when you're going from, you know, from one boss fight, boss fight to the next, like, what is that going to look like? Uh, are you going to be going to merchants? What's like, are you going to be buying new skills? Yeah, yeah, animal no. towns? Yeah. Like the NP, are the NPCs what's going on there? Um, and so, yeah, there's, there is a curiosity to see like what the, what the moment to moment gameplay is going to be like outside of the action, because the action is already, you know, I'm sold on that. It has that, you know, monkey King slash like, you know, Goku vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I'm liking seeing what the pull, the different stances, all that stuff. So yeah, I just, now I'm curious to see how I'm going to be spending the time in between action in the game and what that's going to look like. Cause that's, that's really is what's going to round out the game um don't you like the, ex- the exploration yeah exactly exactly like how how linear versus how open the game is going to be things like that uh and if there's gonna be like puzzle solving things things along those lines to to push the game forward or to search new areas uh alan wake 2 i'm with you i've seen enough there uh all i really need to see was like a little bit of tone a little bit of like what the character um the character you're gonna be playing as like what their vibe is like and then just seeing a little bit of the action i saw that with the uh was it like when you're in the house and you're shooting up the thing and like the fires <laughs> all around, but it looked, it looked great. And, you know, just based off of what they did with Alan Wake and control, you know, kind of already believe in what this game is going to have to offer. So it's, it's kind of already sold itself based on its predecessors. So yeah, that's, that's looking good. And then, you know, outside of that, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they would do it here. Uh, game, uh, Microsoft has already announced that they plan to have a presence at Gamescom. So, to maybe see because this is like the uh what is it the the white whale or whatever like the thing that people have been waiting to see is the the moment to moment action of uh hellblade because we've seen a lot uh, of the tone yeah. stuff a lot of the story stuff but we still haven't really seen the action in that game so maybe this is the part where they finally reveal that um they do it here on this stage i think that would be a big one that would that would be the thing like as far as what you were talking about something that games that we've seen but we haven't seen you know key parts of the yeah. game uh that would be one of them so yeah that this would be it would be interesting to see if microsoft chose this stage to really showcase um hellblade's action um but yeah outside of that i can't really think of anything else because there's, there's just so many games coming i know we were talking the other day about stalker 2 and possibly releasing in december based on that leak so maybe we see that here um and yeah and then there'll be the the early i guess like q1 games that aren't really coming to mind but um yeah that that could show up in a big way so there's, there's many ways that they could go with this i would say um 
Jeff Keeley has delivered. I mean, uh, what's your opinion been on his showcases? I, I felt like they've been enough to provide news. Um, so I, I don't doubt that he won't find a way to show up in a big way here. You think we see anything with Kojima? Deb? <laughs> uh, hey, a game, a game that was announced that we haven't seen anything from. We could see what's going on with this uh, Xbox project that he talked about at their last showcase. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, see uh, but I do have an idea for like the perfect Hellblade sequence. It's just you tell everybody uh, now a little something you've been waiting for. Don't don't tell them what it is. It just fade to black, and then it just opens up. It's homegirl, like she's walking, and then there's an enemy on the other side. She casually pulls out her sword. They walk. They meet each other in the middle. They have this long, protracted sword battle, like just blocks and parries and dodges with the occasional swipe on each side then eventually homegirl gets the upper hand mm-hmm. and then it just says hellblade 2 and then the release date that would be good ah uh, yeah that would be good <laughs> that would be good <laughs> just give people exactly what they're looking for nothing more nothing less yeah you don't need to even see a lot of it but just a taste and then yeah and then if you that that punctuation with the release date that would be that would be everything that would be i mean i feel like that would be enough for a lot of people to say jeff keely got the job done yeah um, that alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean overall how do you, how have you been i know there's like people like to joke about jeff keely but where are you at with like his uh his events his showcases i think jeff keely is the man i think that he's doing great with making video games a more loved and celebrated medium it just in general rather than just within the gaming community there's always a reverence and just there's effort like he's doing his best to make it fun keep it professional and constantly make it better he's always doing what he can to to get new reveals and just things that people really want to see so i'm I love his showcases. He's got better showcases than some of the tried and true, you know, annual shows that we've grown used to. So yeah, Jeff Keighley's doing his thing. I'll be there to support that any day. How much is so? Oh yeah. Well, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. What you got, Ada? What do I have? I have. I have one. I didn't get to talk to you about it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You'll love this one. So everybody knows Baldur's Game 3. It's out wild. It's doing its thing, raking in incredible ratings. I think PC Gamer or PC Magazine gave it the highest rating that they've ever given a PC game it, for, for a minute, like a hot minute. It was rated higher than Tears of the Kingdom on Metacritic. And yet people are just loving it. They're finding out all kinds of secrets. They're they're pushing out against the boundaries of the game and putting it on the developers to try to keep up with just the sheer amount of choices and actions that players are taking in this game on a daily basis. And one player in particular found a pretty unique and effective strategy to combat. Uh, so <laughs> IGN reports, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Owlbear from the top rope deals enough damage to take down pretty much anything. <laughs> so, uh, let me see. Twitch streamer Elohim indulged in a, in a spot of crate stacking to get high above his unsuspecting enemies below. From there, 
the druid shape shifts into an owlbear, already one of the biggest playable bodies in the game, cast enlarged to make the owlbear even bigger, and then the owlbear performs a move called crushing flight and attack where the attack it scales with the mass of the character. So the bigger you are, literally the harder you fall. Also, that move negates fall damage, so you can do it from any height. <laughs> Obviously, there was a clip that he posted where it shows that the owlbear is like 5,005 kilograms <laughs> and delivered 821 points of bludgeoning damage, which is pretty high in a game like this. You, When you have a chance, you have to go see the video clips because it's amazing watching a massive owlbear dive off a stack of boxes into a battlefield and absolutely annihilate everything below. <laughs> so it's, it's things like this that are a testament to what is possible in Larian's games if you're creative and daring enough. Like, AFC, can you visualize what's going on just by me telling you, or do you need to see it? Oh, man, like, I, I kind of need to see it, but I could imagine it. Just because. You 100% need to see it, yeah, just for yeah. the sake of, like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's uh, it sounds, like, insane. I mean, that's, like, that's everything is how creative you could be in a game. So they, they stacked up they stacked up a bunch of crates and then they use that verticality to then unleash like a massive attack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. It, um, it kills about everything. They said a Redditor by the name of fish bleb appears to be the first player to surface technique with a clip showing an incredible 1170 points of damage. <laughs> Jesus. That's. Oh, man. Marion games, dude. When I was playing Divinity Original Sin, the, there was this boss. I've told this story before, but there was this boss just absolutely demolishing my team. I had no idea how to beat him. And then I got creative. It's like, okay, there's this staircase. So it's it's got, it's the most narrow pathway in that map. And I it's the only place I can be before the boss sees me and the battle starts. Get to the bottom of the staircase, put a bunch of boxes all on the front, need just enough room for one of my characters to slip out and slip back in. And right at the bottom of the staircase, right at the opening that I leave, there's a vent shooting up the poisonous gas or the flammable gas. I go, I get the boss's attention, run my character back in the barricade, seal the whole thing off when the boss gets right on the vent, hit it with a fire arrow, explodes. And then it explodes again. And then it explodes again and again and again. It just it was just a feedback loop of you're on fire, the gas lights on fire and explodes, which stops the gas, but then the gas starts again. You're still on fire. And one turn, one move, blew that boss up with like 37 explosions. It was amazing. And it was at that moment like, oh, I think I get this now. But yeah. Divinity, Larian knows how to make a game with complexity and nuance, man. They're they're doing an awesome job. Baldur's Gate 3 is doing incredibly well, both critically and commercially. AMC, are you going to get into Baldur's Gate 3 at some point? Uh, eventually, but I know what these games entail, and so that's just when I find the time to do it. Because I played Divinity uh, Original Sin, the first one, 
And it was absolutely awesome. I did it without any guides, any like look up walkthroughs, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a lot. <laughs> like, uh, cause I it was bet. like, it's one of those, stuff. yeah, it's one of those games that encourages you to, you know, interact with everything that's possible in the game. And they do, you do pay off in many, many ways for it. And, um, it was great. I loved, I, I started with the perk to be able to talk to animals and I ended up being very useful um and it's absolutely awesome game but it was one of those games where i had to be completely thorough like i had to check every seller talk to every person <laughs> like it was like I, I could leave like no stern no stern no stone unturned and um and because of that like it made it a great game but it also made it like one of those things where i was like divinity original sin 2 probably not not <laughs> I mean, because i just knew that what what like it would take for me to play another game like that and so i think boulder's gate it's one of those things where if i find myself with the time nothing else around nothing more enticing on the backlog then i'll definitely hop into it but it's not a game that i'm definitely jumping into right away i'm gonna i'm gonna wait that out and then hop in and you know and and do the damn thing but i do plan on playing the game because i do love that it does have a lot of things that are different from divinity and then you know just the added layer of horniness on top of that just <laughs> really has piqued my interest to see how big of a cock I can make on my character. So I'm I'm super excited. <laughs> I can't wait to eventually play it. Uh, are people, it's great because, you know, there was a period where, I, where people were ruining the game as far as like, uh, just from a perception um, because, you know, people just decided to, you know, when some people take things that are good and they find, they find a way to like just make it bad. And with yeah. this game, it was a thing where first of all this is a right now it's a pc game it's not even on console but you know there's all these like all these console people are coming out and they're just like yeah this is how you gotta make a game (laughs) like like there are like 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 all the other developers need to take note from larian yada yada yada. and and it just became one of those things yeah and it it really was it was a thing of like it doesn't have microtransactions (laughs) like yada yada yada. like they're like they really is it always online yeah exactly and so it was all those things that people really wanted to like champion and um and so they used Baldur's Gate 3 as, you know, as that medium in order to really just bring up all the bullshit that they, that they hate about the industry. And so because of that, I was I was uh, getting a little annoyed with like a little bit of the Baldur's Gate news. But now we're kind of past that point and, um, you know, people are just enjoying it. Also, people are now getting into the later portions of the game and they are discussing that, like, you know, they are at least acknowledging that the game isn't perfect. But yet people are still people saying are it's one starting of- to turn on it. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah but they're still saying it's one of the greatest games of all time so i think that at least that there's that people are acknowledging that nuance and they're not just like you know trying to overlook a lot of the uh just overlook everything in order to you know put the industry on notice <laughs> so um yeah i definitely want to play boulders gate it's just a matter of finding that time to play boulders gate because the game looks absolutely phenomenal i do yes yes Yes, but <laughs> nothing um, more enticing than my, my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a fifty line. Oh my god, Well, I just I have so much. I have so much that I still have to play. I mean, even you, like you got <laughs> like you got great games from this year, <laughs> like you that you started and then need to hop back into. It's just it's just one of those times where there's just so much greatness going around, and it's just trying to figure out carve out a little bit of space for all of it. But there are so many games I have on my hard drive, just like 
Am I next? <laughs> Maybe one day. I knew that we were we were texting one day. It was like I still have limbo in the inside. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Planet Alana on Xbox. Like I still haven't gotten into Death's Door the way I want to get into it. Mm. There's games coming out. There are games that have been out, and ah, I want to play them all, but I know it's not reasonable. However, if if I if I have the space, and if it's a reasonable price, <laughs> PS Plus has been coming through, man. Just every every month or two, just hitting me with something like, "Oh, add that! Oh, add that!" Yeah. I don't even think I don't even know how many PS Plus games I've actually even started completing. Oh, I know, and that's. <laughs> And like, not in the sense of like, oh, I'm doing it all the time. I mean, in the sense that like, I think I may not have even started or completed a single PS Plus game. I just keep adding them to my library. Oh, there's so many. There's so many names. <laughs> so it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, nothing, nothing this year interests me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you just don't like the living <laughs> at all. Like, there's nothing about life you enjoy. But anyway. You know, let's take a quick break because we're going to go from one side of the positivity to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into this next topic of the week. Topic of the week. Say, Dub, Overwatch 2. Oh, Jesus. Recently (laughs) debuted on Steam to a whole new audience of people. Uh, so this story by way of Eurogamer, um, despite peaking at around 75,000 players and amassing thousands of reviews last week, the shooter leapt to the top of a Steam's chart of the worst received games after review bombers awarded an aggregate user score of around 0.94, making it the wow. worst reviewed game on Steam. So in response to that the uh the director of uh overwatch 2 aaron keller had this response although being review bombed isn't a fun experience it's been great to see lots of new players jump into overwatch 2 for the first time that's been nice it's <laughs> fun that's so fast yes yeah. our goal with overwatch 2 has been to make the game more accessible than ever for more people than ever before. This is his way of basically saying, "You lucky, you motherfuckers can even play this on Steam." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's give I'm it. Trying to do you a solid. Yeah. By the way, free to play on Steam. So free to play everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't turn back the clock, then what can we do? We can keep adding to and improving Overwatch Two. That is how we will move forward. He summarized. This means more maps more heroes game modes missions stories events cool cosmetics and features an ever-expanding evolving and improving game this is the future of overwatch one where we will continually create and innovate on what is making the game great now for the players who are playing now we've heard from many of our core players that the game is in the best state it's ever been and many have told us that it feels like we're really listening to their feedback and that this season is a culmination of that it is so awesome to hear so yeah uh it was funny because the title of this article is director of overwatch 2 says overwatch in best state ever despite review bombs <laughs> but he actually said the the core gamer has said that the game is in the best state ever yeah. um and so yeah 
you know, this is this is nothing new. People get review bombed. They did say that um that they're crediting the view the review bombing to uh not releasing the PVE as planned. And so people are just now shitting on Overwatch to in any place possible as a sign of dissatisfaction for not getting that PVE content it as they expected bad. it. Um and so yeah, I'll And that's you know, the I, key there is yeah. as they expected it. You still got PVE content. Like people really took that whole blizzard scrap PVE line and like took it as gospel when that wasn't even the substance of what happened. They scrapped their vision of the PVE, which included the heroes having the progression with dozens of skills and everything. They scrapped that because it was entirely unreasonable for them to make. It's like hundreds and hundreds, like over a thousand skills they have to make because there's 30 something characters. Come on now. But yeah, it's. We I mean, still you, got, you, you we still got the PPE. They just released it. I'm not paying for it. But, yeah. <laughs> but at least not now. Who knows? Maybe if I hear good things about it, I could be persuaded. Maybe if he single gets up in it. But overall, like we still get PVE. We're getting it on a seasonal level instead of them saving it all up for one one single release. What were you saying, MC? Well, I was just saying because you've played the current season. It's funny because it's it's great even because it unprompted you say E single up at like what six AM playing yeah. Overwatch two. So yeah. it's like on, on one side of the narrative, people were saying, like, oh, it's in the in the worst place ever. Meanwhile, you got people who are loving it. The new season's great. I know E Single is saying that he's enjoying some of the um hero progression that they added in. Um so I mean that's yeah, pretty cool. It starts yeah, so- everybody off at, at the same level and we're all like you still have your competitive ranks, you still have your legacy rank, but now they started this whole pro- hero progression with the new season. So everybody starts off in the same spot and it's a, it's just a means to have a fresh measurement of who's playing the game who's active who's good okay. yeah and then overall like how how are you enjoying your experience you know we got the new hero and everything there we've talked about the the changes with characters and nerfs and buffs um how, how are you liking the changes to overwatch 2 versus overwatch 1 it's great. It's fantastic. Like the biggest change was turning six v six to five v five. That alone turned into a different game where individual skill can shine. It's no longer just who has the most shields or who like. Oh, six v six. It was just too chaotic, man. And <laughs> you really couldn't like if a team just decided. All right. You're the bitch. <laughs> You're the one that's gonna die every turn. Like they could accomplish that. It's you know, it's it's not it isn't equalized by both teams being able to have six. It's just twelve people out there shooting. It's too much crossfire. You just you're dying for completely unreasonable reasons and just never see where it's coming from. There's always somebody everywhere. Five v five. It, it it's bright in the sweet spot. You still got a lot of people out there, but it's not too much. You can manage a situation. You can get out of a situation. And if if you have good situational awareness, if you have good skills, you can stay alive long enough to make an impact. And if you're just killing it, like that, that will show more than oh, you know, we're just in a groove right now. There have been so many times. The opposing team has been in a groove against us, and it's just like, 
oh wait, now I got him, now I got him, now I got her, now they're off balance. And we just keep rolling, keep rolling. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I love Overwatch. It's, it's one of those games, you just pick it up and play. It's free, so there's really no excuse. There's nothing going on that's out of the ordinary or unsavory. If you want cosmetics, you can pay for them or you can earn them. If you want the battle pass, you can pay for that. But you don't have to. If you just want to play the game, play the game. It's free. More people should be on it. It's a good time. But if you don't want to be on it, totally understand. There's a lot of games to be playing these days. There's more to come. And no one has enough time for all of it. Yeah, it's funny. It's like the one criticism I had about Overwatch 2 is something that the community ruined, and that was the loot boxes were better. <laughs> but people complain about the loot boxes, and now we have the battle pass, and yeah. you know we learned to and live. Now with the people complain about the battle pass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you can't even blame Blizzard for the one thing that I'm criticizing about the game. That is all on y'all. So I'm not even going to take credit for that. I'm part of the community, but I'm part of that part of the community. I like yeah. the loot boxes. It was great. It was a better incentive. Loot boxes were the way to go, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather spend ten bucks and get what five, ten or five loot boxes, something like that. I don't know how much. I, I don't even remember anymore. It's been so long. But yeah, remember, like you're just always getting a ton of currency, so you could buy skins. Like it was just a great, like a great cycle. <laughs> you were getting things immediately. Now we have a system where it's like, this is all the stuff you can get if you play the game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was one thing. I would have played the game regardless. It's a great game. But to have the rewards tied directly to playing it like that, Mm -hmm. and and it's not entirely like, you know, play this character and get this many shots. They They had a few things like that. But, you know, it's... I like games where it's played in a different way and you get this thing, or if you really want this thing, like just do this, but having it on a battle pass, having it like, like you have to play. And if you spend the money on the battle pass and you don't play enough, it's like, Oh, I need money on the table. Like I, I <laughs> grinded it out for that last week of the season, just to make sure that I maxed out the battle pass. And yeah, man, I mean, I really miss the loot box. <laughs> y'all can quote me. Y'all can put this anywhere if y'all want to troll. But hey, I miss the loot boxes. I miss just popping into the game instead of getting my my three. What is it? My three daily. What are those things? My three daily achievements mm-hmm. and my weekly achievements. Instead, I was getting three daily loot boxes mm-hmm. and weekly loot boxes, and instead of having to level up and get like a thing or maybe two things or maybe three things. I got a loot box where I got what, four or five things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then if I got doubles, I got my currency, which I could use to then buy specific things. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it was just a loop of play the game for a little bit. Here's a box, play the game a little bit. Here's a box. Oh, you got a whole bunch of doubles. Here's your currency. Oh, I want this skin bought it. It, it was just so simple. Now it's like play for a while. I got a new skin. Play for a while. Okay, I got a new icon. It's, it's such a drip feed. And that's, and like you said, I'm not putting that on Blizzard. I'm putting that on the community. 
All people that people passed legislation to make sure that shit couldn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, world governments involved. Yeah, for <laughs> nothing the whole time. I'm telling everybody, like, look, if you get this taken away, you're just gonna get something worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like no. No, loot boxes are going to go away. They're going to. People were so sure that the absence of loot boxes was going to result in them going back to just, okay, everything's just in the game. Yeah. And you just, oh, my Like, fellas, th- there, there's no regression in a, <laughs> in a tech industry. They're not going to go back. Like, Microsoft isn't going to go back to XP if you don't like Windows 11. <laughs> They're going to keep moving forward. They're going to keep building on it. And next step, Beyond loot boxes was the battle pass. Mm-hmm. Thanks for nothing. All right. Well, do you have uh, any more topics, or you, you want to get into quick hits? Yeah, topic of the, the week. week. So this is this is a couple topics merged as one. Okay. We start by letting y'all know that Starfield, the next major release from the best of game studios, directed by Todd the God Howard, leather jacket. No leather jacket. <laughs> My man got styles. He got he got his team, got his whole base. Starfield has gone gold. Mm. Yes. So we are for real in the home stretch. We are in the end game now. It's less than two weeks. Each day is absolutely excruciating. But I'm, I'm staying healthy. I'm staying alive. <laughs> last, <laughs> last thing I want to do is not make it to September 1st. I got to make sure I'll put in for my day off. Because, yes, um, two only time I ever took a day off for a game was, I want to say, GTA 5. So that's 2013. I haven't taken a day off for a video game in 10 years until... Diablo 4 came out, and now I'm about to take another day off for a game for Starfield. So that's two days off in the same year. And people want to say that 2023 is not one of the greatest years in gaming history. The the, yeah. the results <laughs> the results said that was mine. So <laughs> uh, another bit of news. The preload has already begun. Uh... So people who have the people who have it purchased on Xbox, they can go ahead and start their preload as of August 17th. So as a few days ago, this has been going on. Steam's going to be able to preload on the 30th. And on top of this, yeah. we also got a Q&A from the developers answering some of our burning questions about what we can expect from this highly anticipated, highly polished and the innovative piece. Yes, I'm, I'm throwing all the adjectives and superlatives in. This is Starfield we're talking about. This is a Bethesda Game Studios RPG. Fact, baby. In, in glorious fashion. It's the game of my childhood dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm letting I'm letting my excitement ooze out of me. I'm going to try to keep it. But So it's about 14 questions and answers. And I don't know how you want to attack this. I was just going to read the question, the answer, and we can remark about how we feel about a given question. Yeah, yeah, do it. So question one, can we buy houses and property in main cities? Uh, One rep says, yes, there's houses in different cities the player can get, some you have to purchase, some are rewards for specific quests, 
Uh, another rep says, sure can. You can purchase a dwelling in all the major cities in the game, and there's at least one that you can get specifically for completing something. <laughs> so I like that they're giving us this information while also holding back some tidbits. Yeah, that's awesome. Homes in the main cities, it, I I love that aspect of cyberpunk where you had the different apartments in all the different parts of town. They, they all had their different flavors and layouts and you know, there are different levels of quality. So it's going to be interesting to see how that manifests in a game like this, where you're out in space and you're you're not only having dwellings that are scientific and, you know, capable to survive the, the harsh realm of space, but you're also going to have them on different planets. So it's going to be a whole different culture, a whole different design aesthetic. And it'll be interesting to see that. AMC, how do you feel? about eight uh, purchased properties in all the main cities. I love it. I love it because I can't wait to see how they're different and what that's going to look like. Um, and yeah, I know this is, it's one of the things that people people are very curious about the how open the game is going to be. And I think that's one of those ones where if you know that you're not like confined to this one area to do this one thing i think uh giving more options is the best way to go so i think already already starting off on a good on a good foot what else we got and it, it also lets you change up the mood in the backdrop just mm. whatever you feel like all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go dick around in this quadrant of the galaxy for a bit. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> uh that's i think that's underneath the one thing that i want is just like give me a galaxy give me like robust systems tight combat and just all the loot, everything, and just give me something where I can just lose myself in the fantasy of being this lone person wandering space, making my way, living, living off the land. <laughs> uh, question two, if we get the kid stuff trait, will our parents be generated based on our character's look or are there standard parents put in place? And just a little info, the kid stuff trait is one where if you pick it, You'll have your parents and you got to kick them back a little money every week, but you can go visit them. And apparently there's even a quest line associated with your parents. So I'm 100% picking that part. Uh -huh. uh, the representative says, totally. Just as we did in Fallout 3 with your dad and in Fallout 4 with your son. In Starfield, if you take the kid stuff trade, your parents are based on you. No spoilers, but I think fans will really appreciate the actors we got to play those roles. So that's cool. They, they're yeah. keeping that that legacy tech, <laughs> that that feature that we all know know so well. It was interesting in Fallout Three. My dad, black ass dad, talking like <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Um, interesting. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm going to be streaming a lot of Starfield, but I'm 100 going to be streaming every interaction with my parents and kids stuff. I'm, I have my hopes for this and I really hope that it can go like, like go a little nuts, but I want there to also be maybe two different paths, like the good nuts and the bad nuts. <laughs> like I want it to be something where if you're just killing it in the game, your parents are like trying to make money off of you, but they don't tell you. And then it get it gets to some situation where they get in debt, and so they they like try to extort money. <laughs> I want I want that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like AFC, what would you want to see with a trait like this? 
I mean, I don't, it's like so different. I would not know what to expect, but like, I mean, so wait, you get you get to choose a backstory with your parents, and then that comes into play as a, the narrative like continues in the game. I don't think you choose the backstory; you just choose that that trait. Oh, okay. that's just that's just the thing. Like, you have your parents; they they live somewhere. You can go visit them, and you kick them. Oh the yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. That's very cool because I know, like, with at least like when I think of other games like Mass Effect, you would choose like your backstory, and it might come up in like a certain way in dialogue. As far as like, oh, characters like, oh, I didn't know that you were the sole survivor of whatever. Yeah. But like that idea that like you actually have something tangible in your backstory that you can go to um it's a pretty cool thing and to see like how they are that that's actually a great like addition what i would say um just because i've never really seen that before um i know you said you mentioned your father i can't remember ever mentioning uh visiting my father in like uh in a previous game that i played with them uh so that would well be- in in fallout 3 like the beginning of the game was you oh, was when you're begging. in the when you're in the shelter yeah uh, okay yeah yeah that's right and you're a baby and you're growing up with your dad <laughs> yeah and like he gets like jacked up right and that's like when you leave <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was uh that was interesting but yeah that would be uh it sounds like something really cool i don't like it's it's like um yeah because we didn't discuss it like it's like i'm just thinking about the possibilities but just once again knowing that that's there it does have my curiosity but i almost need to see how it plays out just to see kind of like how they impact your your game <laughs> in a way like I'm, I'm very curious about that next question yes for those of us who have never played a bethesda game studios game and we'll be starting with starfield what information should we know that will make the experience more impactful right from the start how deep should we get into creating our character's background before we start the game first rep says well we always make our games for fans both old and so you can jump in without ever having played a Bethesda title before. The next rep says there is a trait and background system that will let you specify more about yourself, but you can also select an anonymous background and no traits if you want. Player freedom. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I was never a fan of the traits. I think the first time I got exposed to traits in Bethesda games was in Fall, well, sort of a Bethesda game, Fallout New Vegas where you had traits, but like like my favorite one was the four eyes trait, where if you wear glasses, then you get a plus, an additional buff to your perception. But if you didn't have on glasses, then you got a, but a debuff, a nerf to your perception. I was like, ah, my glasses. <laughs> I always, always had glasses on my characters anyway. So it's like, hey, just take that free perception point. But yeah, you can... You can choose what you want. If you want to make a background, if you want to have traits, if you want to spice things up, you can go right on ahead. But if you just want that vanilla experience, you're just a nobody going nowhere, going nowhere fast, you can have that too. AMC, which would you have rather do? Would you rather just go in a la mode or would you dig into the, the trait and background systems? Um, You know, I would probably dip into the traits because I do. There's some things I, I don't mind the trade off. Um and yeah i don't know i i think i i would like that just because especially if it's the 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 perk is more outweighs i guess the the side effect if it comes to like certain traits um because i do definitely take advantage especially if i'm going with a certain build and i really want to maximize that i'll totally take on the trade so yeah i probably would do that rather than having i guess the more blank slate 
So they have a trait called starter home. And what it does is you start, you start the game, you have a house. However, you also have a 50,000 credit mortgage. <laughs> you got oh, to make payments. You start out with like a, a mortgage in the game? Or something. Yeah, you, you start out in debt. You got to make payments on your place. Now, that wouldn't be a problem for me because I absolutely squeeze those economies dry. Like I, I figure out what I like to do in Bethesda games is figure out the most valuable thing that weighs the least. And then I just fill my inventory with those. It's just, it's the lightest money you'll ever carry. Get into town, sell it all, wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> I just make all kind of money, picking up all the weapons, all the armor, all the all the junk. It's just picking it up, get back to town, sell it all, balling. <laughs> I have that mortgage paid off. I'm the first payment if I'm lucky. Oh, man. It's hilarious. I love these games. But let's get to that. Let's get to that next question. See, will time pass when not in the game? For example, will my trade routes, outposts, and mining operations continue to produce, or does that only occur while actively playing? Uh, the rep says the sim only runs when you're actively playing, no sleeping on the job. That makes sense. It, because if that would be running, while you're not doing anything, then other systems in the game would have to be running while you're not doing anything. And the next thing you know, you boot up the game after a fitful eight hours of sleep only to find the entire universe is in flames. So, yeah, spend more time playing the game. Get your <laughs> AFC, do you have any issue with the game stopping when you stop? Yeah, because people like to complain about FOMO and developers artificially creating ways to make you play their game so yeah i think uh this is a way to avoid that trap <laughs> so yeah, i have no problem with that <laughs> no problem it stopped when you stopped <laughs> next question how will the smuggling cargo system work can we hide it somewhere on the ship and sell it for more currency later the rep responds yes you can hide them using special ship modules you can purpose you can purchase so you know don't get caught with those harvested organs. <laughs> oh, but that's awesome. Like this, it kind of gives me a hint of GTA Chinatown Wars and how much I want that, that drug dealer mechanic to come back. But your character had a bag filled with drugs and money. And the idea was to flip all your material before you got caught by the cops. So with a system like this, it's, it's nice because with, the elaborate shipbuilding system that they have, the just having the option to then put smuggling compartments on or secret compartments where you can hide contraband and get it past, get it past whoever, colonial federation scanners or whatnot. That's you can straight up be a smuggler. You can get your Han Solo on quite a bit with that. As I remember during the showcase. They arrived at the planet where the main seat, the main city, New Atlantis was, and they were immediately scanned by the ships that were in orbit. Like, all right, scanning for contraband, no contraband, you're going through. But there is contraband in a guide. That's that's exciting to me. I'm definitely gonna be taking some illicit stuff across the stars. AMC, are you ready to see your man A dub break bad? 
I mean, yeah, if you're if you're moving weight <laughs> through the star <laughs> system, I, I I can't wait. Especially if you ever get to a point where, you know, the space the space cops are after you, <laughs> trying space to cops. try to take you down. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a series, right? Space space cops. cops. Yeah, <laughs> I have a I have a graphic novel called Moon Cop. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's interesting. God, Bad boys. What you want to do <laughs> on the moon? Like, yeah. <laughs> chasing somebody on edge. Somebody so. not give me no break. Todd Howard not give me no break. Yeah, Todd Howard awesome. not give me no, no game. break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Next uh, question. Yeah, next question. <laughs> Depending on traits selected during character creation, will it at all be possible to play through a game in pacifist mode? I.e. Without killing anyone or even potentially anything. Representative One says, I can't guarantee every mission can be completed in pacifist mode, but we do have a couple of systems that will help. Next rep says, We talked about this very early on during pre production, whether or not we would fully support a non lethal playthrough. We realized that for various reasons, that wasn't totally feasible. So, looking like no pacifist runs for Starfield, AMC. Yeah. Do you have to break your vow and result to resort to violence? Uh, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the no. only reason I like their games. Yeah, no, um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, maybe if they just looked at it and said it, it doesn't really make sense to be able to play this game in a in a pacifist mode, there'd just be certain things that wouldn't work. I totally get that. So, um, but yeah, there are things trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you're in a ship and like you're just like, how are you avoiding everything? <laughs> I like, yeah, there's a there's a little bit of a confusion there for me. So, just yeah, let me run past all the enemies and leave all the doors open. <laughs> just be able to jump to a, a new star system every time. So let me go outside the ship and jetpack to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have I have no uh yeah, I have no issues with that if they just looked at it and it's like, yeah, this doesn't really make any sense, so we're not gonna give you that option. Okay. I uh, that's fine to me. I mean, for as much player agency and freedom that they're affording us in this game, the absence of the pacifist mode it isn't very impactful in the grander scheme of things. It sucks for the people who would love that thing. You know, I would love for everybody to have everything they want, but it—I guess it's unreasonable. <laughs> Next question: What are the beliefs and basic history? of the religions we can join the sanctum universum the enlightened and the great servant uh let's see one of the reps says existing in real life religions are part of the star food universe with folks of all religions and denominations out there but we don't really focus on them instead we highlight three new ones specific to the game that's interesting it's it's cool that they include the real religions, but don't put the microscope on them. <laughs> let's, let's just make up some religions and put the microscope on that. So playing it safe while still being able to squeeze that satire in. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I keep forgetting things that this game has. So it has religious fanatics and organized religions, and that's going to be something that you're going to have to navigate and engage with in the experience. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Ah, uh, no, I uh, I totally agree. Keep it moving. 
And then we, we get into some more more out in the weeds kind of stuff, like what's your favorite part of the game, which the rep says, shipping it. Yeah, that's an excellent response. Uh, another question is, what is the history of the mechs? Um, delve into that. Then we get to, will there be a jail system? And the rep says, yes, you can elect to go to jail or pay a fine when you're arrested. Or even resist arrest and try to escape. Well, I, I believe it was the great philosopher exhibit who once said, I might leave in a body bag, but never in cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a dub is never surrendering. <laughs> never submitting. <laughs> I will be wanted across every known star system. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I'm not submitting to the cops. It's Starfield. They, they can go fuck themselves <laughs> for, for lack of a better term. I'm out here trying to make this money, trying to get this contraband <laughs> across these lines, trying to, trying to, I, how else am I going to afford having a home on in every major city? I got to do something. So, you know, maybe bring the prices down or make a better housing market instead of getting on me for trying to make a little extra butter on the side. AMC, how do you feel about the option to pursue a life of crime? Yeah, that's a, that's a given. You got to have that in the game. You got to have the scoundrels. You got to have the option to be that guy and makes total sense. Um, and yeah, you got to pay for those crimes if you happen to get caught. So I, I definitely think that's great and got no problems there as well. I mean, resisting arrest needs to work right, though. It can't be something where it's like, all right, I resisted arrest from the cop. Now every cop in the universe, wherever I go, like if they're there, they're coming after me. It can't be like that. It has to, like information has to flow. Like maybe you resist and you get kind of wanted. So if they see you in the system or like they see your shit, maybe they'll pay a little more attention to you, come check it out, maybe try to try to talk to you. I want some nuance. It can't be just, all right, one one moment I'm innocent and nobody pays me any mind to, all right, now I'm wanted and everybody wants to kill me. There has to be some layers and some spectrum there. So really hoping that they do this jail system and this wanted system. But not that it's a wanted system, but the idea of resisting arrest, hopefully they pull that off well enough to where going to jail or paying the fine are just the best or only options. Uh, next question was, can you be a double agent in the game? For example, if you join the United Colonies, can you also join the Crimson Fleet and give the United Colonies information? And what factions have that feature if they do? Uh, one rep says, all of the playable factions can be completed independently. And the second rep says, that is exactly what you can do. Inf infiltrate the Crimson Fleet for the for the UC SysDef. It's a speci it's specific to that quest line, so it looks like we're gonna be going undercover, narking. <laughs> did you did you watch the new Kevin Hart special on Peacock? No, I didn't. Uh, his he, one of his jokes was like, "I don't care who you are, if, if you're getting down with some illegal stuff, I'm a tail." <laughs> 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 and he had a whole thing about it. He, he told Ti, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be man. The more information we get about this, the more 
interesting it seems. Like going undercover, doing playing both sides of the ball. It's not too often you get a game where you can do that. It usually is the karmic like paragon renegade, good or bad. Like you make this one choice, you do that. But Starfield's given us a situation where it's like, oh, I could I could get in here, but I'm really doing it for the greater good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, next question, how many companions total will we be able to recruit? Rep says there are over 20 named characters who can join your crew. I, I saw some bubbling on the internet, like, oh, a game like this, they, they're probably going to streamline it even more. It's probably not going to be as many companions as in the previous games. 20. So, yeah, yeah that, that kind of puts that that nascent criticism to rest amc would you even bother trying to track down all these people or would you just find like would you just find like the homie i mean uh no i mean i would probably i'd track down until i if i landed on one that was like great then i'd probably stick to that one but uh yeah i don't know i don't know if i would spend the time tracking everybody down but I do like to hear that there's this many uh, characters because I know that there was there were some concerns as you were saying, and um, now that that's answered, we can shut the fuck up on that. <laughs> Are there any companions you would like to see in the games um, that, that you haven't seen already? I, I honestly don't even remember the companions that I've seen so far, but yeah, so I mean, like a robot would be great just to see how that would be like a a, a sassy jive talking robot, see what's going on there. Oh or, man, if we can get a smart ass robot. Yeah, and then yeah, and just to see like if there's some companion style quests. I know like people talk about like their love for previous Fallout companions, so if they can capture that in this game, I think that's the way to go. I want a dog. I want a dog in a spacesuit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense, but I want it. Just let it pick up items. Just let it be there. Let me pay. <laughs> that's yeah. all that has to go there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, next question. Um, we, uh, actually, you know, can we uh, take a quick break and we'll come back? All right, we are back. Let's let's keep it going. What else you got? Back to these questions. We're almost out of it. When we assign crew members to work at outposts, do we have to pay them salaries? I would have loved if this was the case. However, the representative says you just pay them once. We actually experimented with paying them regular salaries, but ultimately decided to just have the one cost up front. Which makes sense because in these kind of games, you don't really have steady income. I know you can set up trade routes and such, but there, it's not like, you know, I'm making a million credits <laughs> and then you can pay people. But it would have been cool if they if they had something. So, you know, it, it works. You just pay them once. Yeah, I give, give them what I need. Give you need. AMC, how do you feel about this quid pro quo? Uh, yeah, I think that makes the most sense. I know people would like to have that, but then there are other people that would complain like, oh, you're micromanaging everything and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. I don't uh, know you're, you're, you're forcing me to, to feed this mechanic I don't want to engage with. Yeah, exactly. And the last question. Will our companions be able to level up their perks? Will their perks stack with ours? One rep says all crew start with a set of perks at specific ranks. The next rep says they don't level up, but come at different ranks depending on the companion. Another rep says uh, you might meet a character that's, a, that's especially good at rifles and you hire them to watch your back. 
but you might need an astrodynamics expert that will increase your grab jump range when assigned to your ship. Last rep says, well, we call them skills in Starfield and they do stack with yours when relevant. So it seems like it's not totally, but not, not totally. So <laughs> it's one of those wait and see kind of things. AMC, is this going to affect your decision to watch your boy stream in Starfield when it comes out? Wait, repeat that? What, what do they do? Uh, basically, the, the companions, whatever their stats are, they stay that way. And the skills, like, stack with yours where appropriate, but not as, a not as like, a basic. Oh. Um, yeah, I have no problem with that. I, yeah, I don't have no problem with that. <laughs> it's, uh, it seems like it's, yeah, like they, they, they level up with you is what you're basically saying, right? No, they don't. Oh, they don't? They're just, they're just well, as strong as they're going to be? I don't know about their level. It's, the, it's their perks they don't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, maybe their hit points do scale with you. We'll see. There's a lot to yeah. Because I know, like, but, yeah, like in some of the games, you can give them weapons, yada yada. So I'm not really oh, sure how you can customize them. I love that so much. Watching yeah. their armor change, like, oh no, we gonna make a look for you. We go, we gonna yeah. modify your weapon. We gonna be a little more punch. Yeah. But I generally like adventuring on my own. But there are some other folks. <laughs> they don't necessarily like what they heard. There are some folks uh, who've never been pleased. Uh, we got troll of the week. 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 First troll says 1,000 planets with only about 10 with meaningful content. Said a hundred, they said ten percent of them are going to have life, so that's a hundred. And then there are the ones that have the major cities and where the story takes place. That's going to be well. I can't know for sure. I'm not going to give you a number because I don't want to pretend to know more than I do. Just going by what's been stated. So there's going to be meaningful content all around, especially depending on how the procedural generation stitches together the handcrafted content. So you know, let, let's ease up on the armchair math, the trolling. Next troll says, if this bombs, it's over for Microsoft. They'll stay afloat with Game Pass and kill their hardware. AFC, you want to come at this one? I mean, no, nah, because there's still so many other games. It would be a, a major blow, um, but there would have to be so much that would have to go wrong. And I feel like I'm trusting in the fact that they're so behind this game that like if anything came out with this that was like super especially after redfall if anything came out that was remotely just like this is unplayable um it would just show that there is a major disconnect between the heads of microsoft like gaming and the developers and the fact that they've taken their time they put so much money behind this game it's pretty much the reason why they acquired blizzard once <laughs> to get this game um and so yeah it's it, it would just be one of those things i would it would be such a an issue that I just almost like refuse to even consider that until it comes to launch time. Um, I can see it having bugs and people just, you know, nitpicking those things and just saying how is uh, it's completely ruined the game, but then other people enjoying it. 
but I find it hard to believe that the game is just outright bad. Like that would be uh, that would be a little too much. Maybe like a Fallout Four again situation where it's some people liked it and other people were like this is this is a bridge too far from what I've loved about every other Fallout game. Um, maybe that happens. But once again, I can't believe that this is just going to be a straight up bad game. I don't. I, yeah. I I just doubt that. It's not happening. Yeah. I mean, like you said many times in the past, the one one bomb isn't going to fold up Microsoft overnight. Like it's it's not the end of them if Starfield doesn't succeed. So let's quit with that doom and gloom. Next troll says, I for one am not excited about another space opera dipped deep into ancient alien bullshit from Microsoft. Um another one, they only had one that was Mass Effect. So you you don't want more of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand people sometimes. It's like it's one game, homeboy. There are dozens of other games this year we're playing. We already went over how October is stacked to the gills with titles that are must plays on everybody's lists in different ways. Like different games are everybody's different must plays. So play something else. Why are you over here, bitch? Next show says, I don't know why, but I'm not hyped for this game. Nothing I've seen has blown me away, and I'm very skeptical of Bethesda nowadays. You're skeptical of them now as their games have gotten better and more technically sound. It's kind of weird, bro. Yeah. Oh, we, ooh, Fallout 76. They didn't even develop that. Totally. Todd wasn't even on it. Get out of here. Next show says, by gold, they mean they'll have all the bugs worked out no more than a year after launch. Well, there is an article circulating where somebody who has a review code said they played the game for close to 20 hours now and hasn't encountered a single bug. So I don't know, maybe the bug Festa label might get retired. We'll have to remember that when the trolleys come around and after extensive, extensive hands-on with Starfield has gone down. So it's like, I don't know, bug Festa might be... Might be the troll com- the troll comment that gets retired. Who knows? <laughs> Next troll says, can't wait to see this just bomb. LOL. You're going to be waiting a long time. And the last troll said, the most overrated and guaranteed buggiest game of all time. And first of all, it, it's not rated at all because it's not out <laughs> over a week. Guaranteed buggiest game of all time. Well, clearly you haven't played a lot of games because there are much buggier games out than Starfield will ever come close to. But whatever. That's just y'all talking sideways. Y'all need to get it together. Back it on up. Take it back home. AMC, any last words for these trolls? Nah, I mean, as you said, it can't be overrated. You could maybe say overhyped, but the game hasn't even come out, so you can't even compare it to anything. Um, so yeah, these people are just full of shit. They're trying to find ways to you know derail the hype train that yeah. is starfield but when the game comes out they are going to be searching searching soul searching trying to just figure things out they're just going to move to spider-man yeah <laughs> just like they always do whenever they whenever they swing and they miss it's just on to the next game no, no accountability no accepting anything 
Uh, do you have any big quick hits? I I got to get out of here before Marissa loses her mind. But um, any anything big that we can hit up for the quick hits? <laughs> oh, that was all I had, my good man. All right, sir. Well, this is Control Issues. I am WBC. This is You are Control Issues. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.